0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. Our uh, host, Ken Cardez, aka Omega Z, uh, here with Gino, owner and operator of the Waypoint Cafe located at 65 Ludlow Street. A uh, little bit of a different episode today. We're kind of like quasi remote, quasi on location. Uh, I want to wish a happy Veterans Day. To all our veteran listeners who have served or are still serving, uh, we thank you for your
1: service and we appreciate uh, all that you have done to keep this country safe. Uh, but we have a video game still to talk about, so we can talk about some video games while uh, we give thanks to our service members around the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was off today, so I stayed
2: I, I was not happen. off. I am not off enough. tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday.
1: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a, it's been an interesting week for video games.
0: A lot of sudden news drops that tend to happen that I go, "Uh-oh." <laughs> this doesn't bode well for the holiday season.
2: Yeah, uh I got a <laughs> I got a notification that kind of uh spooked me. What did you get? Um, Well, tomorrow is Valve's Steam Deck, like, big uh, press day thing that they're doing with all the devs. But Uh um, I got a notification that the Steam Deck is not meeting the holiday uh, launch period.
1: I heard it was delayed, yeah. It
2: was delayed by two months to February because of um, just processor. Like, they just, they're they're sourcing parts are still having an issue. Another company that just, I just saw it today, too, talking about it, was um, Sony saying that they're ramping down production because they just can't get access to uh, parts right now. The PlayStation 5.
0: Sony cut its uh, production forecast by exactly one million units. They originally predicted that they would uh, target... 16 million units of PlayStation 5 sales by March, uh, which now
1: puts it down to 15 million. Uh, So, that's, uh, this whole, like, uh, component shortage is causing an issue around a bunch of different systems. Um, It's even affected Nintendo to a degree, even though they don't have a
0: new console. You know, they've had to slow down production of these Nintendo Switches,
1: as well as the Switch OLED. Um, and oh, then did, you the, uh,
2: did you see the, the the presser about Nintendo? It's like, yes, we're working on a new console that will come out either
1: in the in next the 80 next, years.
2: Yeah, in the next 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow.
1: <laughs> That's typical Nintendo for you. Um, I like it.
0: But the, the Steam Deck being pushed back is huge as well, you know. It definitely uh, affects more than just Valve itself. You know, for publishers that were trying to get their games sold. in that system, they have to rethink their numbers now, too. So it's a
2: whole,
1: uh, well, it's
2: a whole big... They don't really <laughs> have to rethink their numbers because uh, all they have to worry about is that Valve has already given them the exact numbers that have been pre-ordered and who's for first wave, second wave, and third wave. Anyone after those three waves is on wait list. So right. they those publishers have their 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 numbers already. Um because the games are just available on, on Steam. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a it's just a handheld Steam machine. That that's basically it. It just runs Steam. Um they already have the dev unit, so it's just making sure that the uh the things work fine. Mm-hmm
1: so it's, it's, it's interesting you know i'm sure like the holiday season is
0: still somewhat safe to a degree because like uh, and so yeah, i feel like it's more to, into next year is more of what's affected like the january no, February. March. no
2: i think the holiday season is going to have a squeeze because of uh the trucking shortage the shortage of uh hands at the docks out in california right Yeah, those are all still factors.
1: Do you think this will affect uh, Microsoft with their um, their Halo Xbox that's dropping next week?
2: No, actually. Um, Microsoft, unlike the other two, have actually moved most. uh, They have their own supply chain um, Uh for their stuff. So, like when my Xbox shipped, its final assembly is actually here in the United States. They do final assembly for each region in that region. Okay. So my Xbox, when it shipped last year, it's actually been a year with it, um it took it uh they're like, "Yeah, it's ready to ship next by this time. Tomorrow it will be out the door, and the reason why they could say that is because they do their they do all of their own um internal shipping so that's just the only thing that they might run into issues, but it's also Microsoft is sourcing parts, but it's Microsoft, so they kind of yeah. own the factories <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have to source our own stuff, oh, we could just make it right
2: yeah we they just make yep. it. <laughs> 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 so yeah it's it's not really it's not like Sony which is at the behest of a like they exported like Sony doesn't have its own shipping supply line um right. Microsoft prefers well yes Microsoft does do uh, surface shipping for their gaming department um like for the Xboxes for parts and stuff like that they actually air they prefer air so So Microsoft might actually have a great, might be
1: the only thing available this holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's insane. I think that this holiday
0: season is definitely going to be uh, interesting. Would be the the word I'll use for retailers. Yeah, for us as people, it's going to be a mess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're getting started, (laughs) especially with the new shipping uh, guidelines. If you want it. You have to start shipping your stuff like the first week of December to make it in time for Christmas now. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if it's not shipped by December
0: 1st, then you're just not getting it in the next.
2: Well, no. That's not that's not so for I know for USPS they're saying ship it as soon as you physically can. Uh-huh. Because the joy has cut back on everything, so that's why. Right. Yeah, that, that's an issue.
1: Well, an issue. If you want to get your systems, definitely try to do it before the 1st of December. Yeah. Um, there's going to be
0: a few reflux.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now and then, uh, especially as Black
1: Friday approaches.
2: Oh, and the thefts have gotten people- up also. Did you hear about what happened no. out in California? At the Razor store? No. An entire truck of nope. 3080s and 3060s, like the whole shipment. Just robbed. Like they stole the truck.
1: Oh, you know what's funny? I was
0: wondering what that was about because I, I follow um, the Overkill devs on Instagram. Yeah. And they a picture of a truck and the Payday guys and it, it wasn't. And they would, the, the tagline was it wasn't me.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what they were talking about. <laughs> now I get why they did
0: that.
1: I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. Yeah. Um speaking of payday, I'm like super excited for payday three. I know it's like two years off. It's so good that it's so good. It's just so good. Um I'm about to reacquire payday two on my PlayStation 4, because you can have payday two and all the
1: DLCs, and it's like five bucks.
2: Oh they always do that, like Mm -hmm. this Steam Cell, I've bought payday two so many times. Just because Huh? But now I
1: can run down to this John Wick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, did you see the Activision news
1: today? No, I actually missed out. I heard that they popped up
0: in a few notifications, but I didn't actually, like, sit down yeah, and so read they what had
2: issue, it's, it's funny that they had to actually issue this apology on Veterans Day. Um, Call of Duty Vanguard uh got them into a little bit of trouble, and... Uh, specifically about the zombies mode, the zombies were found to be uh, burning the uh, Quran.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Burning religious books and stuff like that. Um, So Activision issued a complaint saying, oh, this, we don't know how this got into the game. It should have made it past uh, QA. It's like, what do you mean you didn't know how it got? It? It, it's your game. Right. <laughs> so yeah that, that that was that was their kerfuffle today. Just to add on to that uh, pile.
0: I mean, like I'm a little bit sad, but at the same time, I'm also smiling in glee at the karmic justice that has happened to Activision in this entire year. The past two years.
1: Me, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, EA's yeah. over here thriving, doing everything right.
1: Speaking of... Um, um, speaking
0: of companies, Ubisoft also in the news with uh, the employees banding together demanding better working conditions.
2: Yep. Seems like we're getting so, closer and closer to a general uh, dev... Uh, what's it called?
1: Uh, union. Yep. Which is good. So... Which is good. You know, and then I love that it's happening in... The two companies that have been the most glaring, um, I guess, glaring causes of improper workplace behavior and atmosphere. You know? Yeah. It has turned itself around, and then you have Activision and Ubisoft out here thinking they can
0: just continue as it is just because their games continue to make money hand over fist. It's like, no, well, at some point, you know, people will I actually, will get I actually don't
2: think Vanguard did that well. I'm rarely seeing it on like a lot of my, I, my I've
1: partners. been in this boat, like Call of Duty Vanguard came out and it hasn't made a peak.
2: I only saw I have- two of my friends, uh like two cafe friends, uh streaming it. Like I saw Golden Boy for a little bit. But it just reminded yeah. me of World at War. You remember how World at War launched and it was just like this muddy un, unappe- like unappealing mess in the multiplayer? Right. It just looked like that, just utter confusion. The game. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen anything from the game. I did read
0: like a few reviews. So far, everyone has praised the game. Hmm.
1: But it's a short campaign, like a four to five hour campaign,
0: which is typical of Call of Duty Um, But I haven't really heard too much good or any type of praise about the multiplayer. And I have friends that are like diehard Call of Duty people, and a lot of them are like, yeah, I'm just going to stick to one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: from my understanding, there's. Um, I- I've been watching more and more of Battlefield.
1: Yeah.
2: Battlefield
0: has been getting. In some uh, rough traction lately, too. A lot of the uh, early looks at the games have been saying that uh, it's fun to play, but it's still kind of buggy, still a little bit laggy here and there. Yeah. So I'm hoping they get like really fine tuned. They have some type of like super mega patch by the time it drops. Like this is a one time where it's like you know, no, you know what? I I haven't played a battlefield in a very long time. This is one that I want to see do well, just because like EA has been vehicles
2: a couple- though is so nice. You have to wait that yeah. for them. You just spawn right in it. I'm like, oh, beautiful.
1: <laughs> I feel like you know EA has been that
0: company that like has been quietly turning itself around, especially with its like its mission scene and uh, their commitment to being better people overall. That I'm like, you know what? They deserve like this big debut for once. Like I feel like this is the one time I want Battlefield
1: to win over Call of Duty in terms yeah. of sales, and everything. Um. Uh, but I guess that remains to be seen. You got to love when those games come out so close to one another.
2: I know. Uh, though, uh, speaking of games that are coming out, since there has been a lot of like early peaks of it, did you play the beta for Elden Ring?
1: I did. I got into the Elden
0: Ring closed network test super late. I thought I didn't get accepted. I, like People even got rejection letters. Like, sorry, you didn't make it in. I didn't get anything, so I just assumed... I was never going to be able to play this thing. Mm-hmm. And I got it into it uh, the other night and I was up to like four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, mm, this is really good.
2: So how do you feel about the donkey that you can ride that has a double jump? So
0: it's a horse, not a donkey. I thought it was um, a donkey.
2: It looked like a donkey to me. It's a horse. Okay. It has a double jump,
0: but it's not just the double jump that it has. There's also like special events that you can find in the world that were able to propel you up <laughs> into higher parts of the mountain. There's a bigger degree of verticality in this game mm-hmm. when you compare it to like the Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Uh we saw a little bit of it in Sekiro and I feel like that's what made them go in this direction because like even though I wasn't a fan of Sekiro I did like some of the ideas that were present in Sekiro and this feels like this culmination of let's take what worked with Sekiro let's go back to what worked in Bloodborne which is like everything in Bloodborne and just make that into the next game and I feel like that's what they did with Elden Ring um
1: I'm a big, you know, everyone knows I love open world games. The fact that it's open world is, is insane. Um, it, even though there is a
0: sort of guided quest line, you, you're not forced on that quest line. So it's like, oh, the Shining Light says go here. And you're like, yeah, but I want to go explore those caves over there and you can just kill hours exploring stuff off of the, the main storyline, which is something that I've felt
1: was insane. Like just a degree of freedom in the world of uh, running around. Um
0: I was floored at how much there is to do in the game. Like I haven't had this feeling since like Breath of the Wild or Ghost Decision in yeah. terms of and the scale of how you can explore in this world. Um
1: do you remember Darksiders too, how like Darksiders 2 had all these side dungeons and and on top of the
0: main dungeons that you could do in the
2: game. Oh, you mean how I just paid attention just to the side quests and forgot to actually do the main quests? Because they were more fun?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Elden Ring has a lot of that, too. I'm just waiting for the, what I refer to as the exhibit dungeon, which is where they put the dungeon inside a dungeon so you can dungeon while you dungeon. Yep. Um, that happened in Darksiders 2. There was one, this, one big dungeon and There's this secret room and then if you find it, it reveals like this other hidden pathway and it literally leads into a completely second dungeon. And I was like, there's a dungeon within the dungeon. This is cool. And I want to find that in Elden Ring. I remember one time I was like, hmm, there's this cave on the side of this mountain over here. Can I go in it? And sure enough, I went into the cave and I'm like, what is this cave leave? Oh, it leads to this dungeon. Cool. And then I went through the dungeon, and ironically enough, I had found like a side entrance into this dungeon, not the actual main entrance to the dungeon. It led me back to like this other area where the main castle is. I was
1: like, this game is big. Holy crap, Elder Ring is going to be big. I
2: know. I know. Um, I didn't. I also like there
0: was videos of all these people fighting all these other bosses. There's like five or six bosses in the
1: network test, and I only came across four. So I'm like, I didn't get to see the other two.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> From everything that I've watched, oh. it, it seems like it's a great game.
1: Yeah, um, one of the other things that I also love about it is
0: uh, how stealth actually plays. Uh, a component in this game and it, it, it gave me that feeling of like Metal Gear Solid the
1: Phantom Pain type stuff where like mm. you can just approach any, any camps in any way that you want so you can go in stealthy or you can go in like swords
0: blazing if you want
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's just it's just really well done <laughs>
2: It is. And I think it was definitely worth the wait for that game and everything. I, I still don't yeah, believe I mean, it's going to come out until I get my Collector's Edition in my hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that the
0: Collector's Edition sold out. I didn't have the money to pre-order it Ooh. when we started last time. And then when I went to look at it yesterday, it was sold out everywhere. And I'm just like, okay, then I have to look out and see when it comes into actual stores. See which GameStop has like that extra, yeah, copy of the collector's edition. You
2: know what? Um, I know that you mentioned in our group chat. Uh, could we give a demo? Uh, like the game of the year. Um, (laughs) but there, there, there was a, uh, there was a talk recently that I got kind of pulled into, um, by Gene at Washington Post. Saying that he his personal game of the year is uh, Forza Horizon, uh, the new one, 5. Right. And he knows that it won't win because everyone just looks at it as a simulation. But he says it hits all the aspects of gaming for his tick. Like all the social aspects, all just the, you know, if you just want to go do your own thing or if you don't. Right.
0: I think Forza Horizon Five is a really, really good arcade sim racing game. It's probably the best of uh its, its genre It is especially with uh especially if we have it on the high end models you know, if you' are on a pc or if you have it for the uh, the Xbox series X uh, you can also a-
2: play it. you can also play it in browser on your phone.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: it's, it's 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 absolutely insane.
0: <laughs> so, I think uh I think by those aspects um it's just a really spectacular game. Um I know that you know for some people as their personal game of the year, that's fine. You know, I'm a yeah. little bit different when it comes to what constitutes uh game of the year. And a lot of those decisions play out on a lot of our, our own content here at, at Digital Era, especially with our end of the year, game of the year videos. Uh, you know, just to go on a little bit of a tangent, but like even our last year's the twenty twenty game of the year, I originally was like, hmm, I think we should give it to the well. and then we were like, and then Fall Guys came out. I was like, oh man, this is exactly what the year needed, and yeah. that conversation steered into, well, what about Animal Crossing? And then we started talking about how, like, how the year was. And when when we finally decided to settle on what was our eventual winner, which was Fall Guys Among Us and Animal Crossing, you know, three ways high, I was like, no one's really done something like that before, but I think I can make this work. Yeah. And then I got to work on the script, and you can see that script in the video. Um, just how that turned out. Um, while There was obviously a lot of different choices for each of us in terms of personal game of the year. Uh, I think also as a a gaming institution, so to speak. Uh, even though we're you know with the growing fish in the smaller pond type thing, uh, as we break out into the bigger ocean, you know, um, it also helps to be like you know what represents. Us as a whole, like when we do uh, game of the year, like what what the what do we stand behind as like a brand as a company? Uh, what does what do video games as a whole offer to people? And if you look at a lot of our, our, our winners, you know, naturally some of the actual like dream games uh, will do it. But if you look at 2019 and 2020, uh, it was very obvious that we did this like sort of shuffle into video games are about being more than video games. Like some years yeah. you just have a bunch of choices where these are just some video game as video games, you know, like this is a game, this is a game. Uh, but once in a while, there's always like a year where like, no, you know, video games are more than just this entertainment. Like they're about telling you a message,
1: you know, like, 2019 we picked Death Stranding and then 2020 you know going off of 2019's message you know about coming together as a community um,
0: you look at 2020 and it's like we became together as as a world in a way and what better way to do that than to video games just making us feel better about ourselves
1: you know Yeah. so so I I think um, it gets hard do that year in and year out, least. especially
0: with this year, we have a lot of really good choices and there are not as many games this year that add that like super powerful message, but there's still games out there that have
2: very I, powerful. What games. I really, what I, the reason why like I'm just blown away by Forza personally was one, it literally has something for everyone. If there's someone who like, you know, the people who like the grind EXP and like, They could tune my car or they could go through like the skill trees and stuff. Like it has all of that in it. But I think the thing that really blew me away was all the accessibility options. Uh I, the game started up with text to speech and subtitles. Like it's like, yeah, yeah, press X to like open the menu. And it was like a clear voice. And I was just like, that's something that 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 kind of stuff I want more of in games. Sure. And I know that the Elden Ring, Re- I know the first comp the first conversation that's gonna be about Elden Ring is gonna be comparing it to Dark Souls if it has accessibility features to it. And it's like, oh, it's not a true like game. And then someone mentioned to me, like, Dark Souls sold like as a franchise, I think 30 million copies. Mm-hmm between all three games so it's like it's not really that niche of a game that you really think about it no it should have accessibility options in my opinion
0: so i don't know what's gonna happen with the game at launch but one of the things that i really did appreciate about elden Ring when i played with it yeah is not just not accessible in terms of you know if you're a colorblind player right, or right. If you're a colorblind student, but in terms of accessibility of being able to actually
1: play the game, I feel like this is the one that's going to be more uh, you know accessible to like the general gaming public like because it allows you to really
0: be creative in how you approach all the combat situations like the other games very much where you have to play it this way or else, and then you have something like Elden Ring where the accessibility isn't. No, 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 no. We finally gave you a little bit more freedom. Still very much a very souls-like game, um, but the fact that like you can be stealthy and take down encampments one by one, you know, individual enemy after individual enemy. Uh, I think that presents a different style of game for. Ah, uh, the Soulsborne genre. I very much think that this is going to be the evolution of, you know, the Soulsborne
1: games.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I just don't want to have to sit through the. does it count as a Soulsborne game because of its um, it's it's very accessible.
1: I, I feel like it does.
0: You know, gaming is. No, all I know about- you and
2: I will agree with it. Everyone else <laughs> feels like Dark Souls games have to be this extremely difficult get good type of game and I'm like no it doesn't have to be that way secondly the first two games are difficult because of like you know actual difficulty difficult because they're cheap and or they have really poor controls uh, systems or they can't render a lot of particle effects
0: (laughs) It, it, it's also a testament to the hardware because a lot of those games were difficult because of, you know,
2: limitations
0: limitations, and yeah. stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
0: So, you know, they replaced what actual difficulty with cheapness. That was a result of limitations. But as you have more powerful systems, we able to do more in your game. Uh, it does get a little bit easier to a degree. I mean, for all intents and purposes. Uh, if you look at games like Breath of the Wild, or even 2018's God of War, they very much are inspired by that Dark Souls school of design. And they're not easy games either. Like, no. God of War took a little bit to get into it. I was like, oh, wait, well, I got to figure this out. And then eventually, you know, you figure out what the combat is like. Uh, the same thing in, you know, Breath of the Wild. Look at all the speedruns. how these players have with so many different ingenious ways to combat uh, the enemies in that game. Uh, it's just phenomenal what the, that's not, what that does to games that's just how influential you know yeah. the Souls game were on gaming in
1: general
2: so granted I will also give what was influential to the Souls games with Skyrim as we are now on Skyrim's 10th anniversary it's been a decade of Skyrim
0: and Skyrim's available on everything including yeah. Rituals <laughs>
2: So I want to see if if Bethesda is looking at all of these games that have now come out of post-Skyrim launch and is looking at them and being like, what can we learn from them? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like Starfield or whatever the next Elder Scrolls is. Sure. I just hope that it doesn't come out every year on everything.
1: (laughs) You know, cause they want to try to be games a year every year, even
0: though they came out 10 years ago.
1: I know, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, just going back to that game of the year thing, like there's always a very, there's always a game that's like,
1: everyone has their personal game. True,
2: yeah. You know,
1: and then and, and there's what we have as a collective,
0: you know. So just as an example, <laughs> a little bit of a, a hint as to how our top 10 is shaped up. Um, there was a couple of games that I'm like I could see this being my personal game um, and it, I go back and forth on it a lot but for a while I really thought that I would give it to
1: Spirit just because that's the type of game I love to play
0: just this single player straightforward adventure and it looks great plays great and it's technically sound and it has beautiful animation like games like that I am all about yeah out of War, 2018, Ghost of Tsushima. All that, they all fall into that, that category. Um, but as a collective, you know, we, we all kind of agreed that, yeah, you know what, Kina's really good. Just didn't really do anything like new. Just took what it was already existing in the game. Which is fine.
2: It's perfectly fine. You know what I think I- it is? It's a, it's a great, and I put it in the same way as Biomutant is for me, it's a great studio's first game.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so is Pina gonna make our top ten? I don't know. That's definitely not gonna be game of the year. You know, that that's that's the thing, that's how we look at Pina. But then you know, we look at other single player games that may not be as technically sound but they still play well and then they deliver a message and then you start thinking of games like that, like Life is Strange. Um Colors which uh Neil Ivan has started on his playthrough every Wednesday. Uh, you look at something like Psychonox 2 that I played to uh on my times over here at Digital, which those are the type of games that you start putting into that conversation with, you know top 10 of 2021 or top five or whatever it may be for people. Um, well, that's the kind of thing that we look at, you know, especially
2: I'm here. Looking, like for me, right now, <laughs> I, I for my personal, it might be a toss up between. Metroid Dread, and when I get it, should we got my ten say five? For sure. Like,
1: I know, I know, Metroid is RJ's dream so. <laughs> yeah. community.
2: I mean, it, Metroid Dread's a great game. Um, it's a great game.
0: Oh, well, it's a fantastic game. So it's, it's it's a. I love when a game, when especially with a company like Nintendo, they come out with a game, they're like, yeah. This is the reason why we're good at this.
2: <laughs> See, I agree with that, but then some of their franchises suffer with it, and I'm just going to go talk about Pokemon for a little bit. I'm sorry, because we got some Pokemon news out of this week. <laughs> with Shining Diamond Brilliant Pearl coming out very soon. Um, It has been found out. Someone got the game early. Dumped yep. the ROM file. And found that the game is exactly the same. It's on the same thing in the cart. There's only just a line of code that changes which version you have. Yep. That's not good. <laughs> and, no, it's good. And this makes me also worried for uh, the Arceus game coming out next year. <laughs> um, we've also gotten word that that game is actually not an open world game. It's closer to a hub world game like uh, Monster Hunter. It's like Monster Hunter Rise. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I'm tired of this argument that, oh, an open world uh, with Pokemon living in the world and everything is physically impossible on Nintendo hardware. That argument has to be thrown out because look at Breath of the Wild.
1: Everything loads there. Every monster
2: loads there. Um, yep. Even all the little shrines load there. They're just not on the map. They're actually in a map below the map. Um, and wherever you stand, just teleports you to the right XY lo- XYZ location. So it's just, am I going to get the Pokemon games? I'll probably buy them used, just like I did for Sword and Shield. Um, just so I can have the because those are the one sets of games that I keep in my collection. Like that's one thing that's like, yeah, I like to have these in my collection. But sure. I'm just, I, I really do hope that that's a franchise that does get like this new Nintendo hard look at. In my opinion, Breath of the Wild went through it. Metroid went through it.
1: Animal Crossing went through it. Uh even Mario went through this. So, yeah. I, I really do hope that that's another one of the franchises. Um, other than that, uh,
2: we have uh, Shin Megami Tensei is coming out, what, next week?
1: I think it drops next week,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think it drops next week. I'm looking forward to that, at least. that That's the game that holds... Pokemon holds me in between for those games. <laughs> <laughs> the true, the true... <laughs> The true RP- I'm yeah.
1: excited about the uh,
0: the new DLC that just stopped for Hot Wheels Unleashed. We have yeah.
1: the um, Batman and Friends, the DC Super Villain uh, expansion just dropped uh, over in Hot Wheels Unleashed. Now you get to try your luck and get cars based on Bane, Cheetah, Wonder Woman, Deathstroke. I want to try out This season the event or the DLC is available
0: from now until January so you got like a couple of months to try to get all these cars definitely uh, the there just too many <laughs>
2: <laughs> just like how there are too many uh Hot Wheels cars
0: that's <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's cool it's my way of collecting Hot Wheels without having to actually buy the oh, physical cool. Hot Wheels cars um, which is funny enough I've always wanted to collect like the actual Hot Wheels cars but they come out with too many sets I'm like I don't know like maybe I should just collect like the specialty ones when they come
1: out
2: it's hard because then you get like, to collect. I know I get that I get that that's a very difficult hobby to get into. Um, Mainly because I know people who are in it. Some people try to get every version of the car like their car that they drive. Right. And that's just absurd in my opinion because it's just like, oh my god, you're searching for these cars and stuff like that. Um, There are people who do just like the specialty cars, but the issue with those, they only make a certain amount for the year. And then that's yeah. it. So it's like, ooh.
0: It just takes me back to my retail days when I used used to see, like, a lot of these families come in and buy Hot Wheels by the handful. Like, they would grab my entire rack. And I'm like, what am I missing here? It turns out that some of these Hot Wheels actually wind up being worth money. You you buy Hot Wheels in a store. I don't know what they cost now, but back then, uh, the individual cars were, like, 99 cents. Yeah cars that you could buy and it's something that wound up being worth 10 to 15 bucks so you're buying this car for like a dollar and making like a
1: 13, 14 dollar on a resale market because They're it's hard to like find Nine cents on for one market.
2: car actually
1: oh that's amazing
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I always wondered like you know what was going on what was I missing when it came when I was just a lowly wee associate I got into it you know, upper management at, uh, you know, back when I worked for Toys R Us, uh, that's when I was like, I discovered like the collector's market, you know, at that time I also, that's how I got into like the card games and stuff while working there. That's when I really discovered like what the collector's market was like.
2: And scalpers are even so, on this. What the heck? Nah,
0: like, I've, I've, been, I've, been hooked, I've been hooked ever since. I mean, like scalpers are going to scalp. I know. That's, that's just, you know that's the uh, that's the unfortunate nature of
1: a lot of these, uh, especially when it's like big ticket items. Wow. Yeah, but you know, people want to say that I have this like rare thing. You know, true. It's, it's a
0: it's a it's a thing of pride, I guess, for some people. I'm just like I got this because I really like this character. Oh, you know, it's worth X amount of dollars. Oh, cool. <laughs> Cool. Never was, bothered yeah, me. It, was,
2: it was it was it's always secondary to me.
0: Um yeah, especially for me. Like I, I'm just like I would love to own other things, but like I'm just when I was younger and more stupid with my money, basically, I was just like, I'm gonna buy all these things. And then after a while, I was just like, you know I'm just gonna be particular. I don't need I'm gonna get this character
1: and this character and this series, you know. Because yeah. I like it.
2: And now I've like, I've stopped even doing like that. I'm just now like, oh, I I like this really obscure thing that will never have merch. Let me go commission someone to make it for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually things are going to have. Yeah. Things are going to have like some type of merchandise available. Like Fall Guys went crazy
0: long without having actual official branded merchandise. You know, you had a lot of people making their own plushies and then they partnered then they got bought by Epic I just want a bean suit there's there's official
1: Fall Guys merchandise I know
2: but I just want like (laughs) Um, an actual like bean suit like the Fall Guys suit
1: look at the Amiibo and the Amiibo's first how insane was that that?
2: what do you mean how (laughs) they still are insane actually
0: it's not people don't know we're just, just I think the also the other thing that uh, people forget is in certain parts of the country we have access to multiple venues of this type of stuff. Yeah. We have Nintendo? We have the Nintendo NYC, which they frequently restock. So, yeah, if you're looking for a particular rare and evil, chances are it's sitting on a shelf right now at Nintendo NYC. Yep. I know. I made a killing because. uh, Back when Splatoon dropped and they had that three pack, uh, that three pack
1: was going for like a hundred bucks and it was like 30 bucks at the Nintendo store. So I was like, let me buy a few of these and I'll just flip them before people find out. And that's what happens.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's just great. Like, that's something that actually also drives me nuts about video games now. Because now, it, it's funny that you mentioned this. Um I really hate to bring bring NFTs up for the third week in a row. But Square Enix is now getting in on it. Epic wants to get in on it. Um We have what's his name saying that NFTs are, are not going to be talked about at this year's Game award show.
1: Jeff Key the yeah.
2: But he hasn't ruled out, I think, other years yet.
1: And so in- I I looked at it twofold and I'm in the same agreement I think I hate the harm that it does to the event. You know, most people haven't looked at that right. too much. A lot of people I think are trying to jump on it as the trend because everyone wants to be
0: early or not even first. They just want to make sure they have their foothold in this digital marketplace that, you know, eventually everything going to,
1: it's going to move to, you know?
2: I agree with that, but here's where, here's where it becomes dumb in my mind. it, it actually, it goes back to my, this is my issue with digital versions only of games. Um, Exactly. (laughs) You're not owning. You're not physically owning the art because just the way NFTs work, we will have to re-understand how the internet. We'll have to redo how the internet works. Right now, I am sending a image of Hot Wheels, and it's showing up on Twitch. That image is now cached on your computer. That image is there. It got transferred without anyone's permission, outside of me going live. To another person to see. Um, what NFTs? What you own is the token, the ID. You you're owning a, a piece of code that is attached to the image. You don't actually own the image. You own the piece of code that's attached to the image. Right. So if we're gonna do this in games, on top of <laughs> on top of a 3D model, which is broken down into the 3D model wireframe the texture packs that go on top of that, the lighting resources that get applied to that, and then the physics engine applied to it. That's four different things that can be turned into NFTs. And then if they want to break it down even further from what I've been seeing the conversation, wherever the location is that that the thing is, that's also an NFT. You're going to do all that when games can barely run right now? Like, every game launches with bugs that are game-breaking at times? <laughs> uh,
1: look, I'm not one to judge a company for jumping into it. Um, you know, it's just, the they're looking games. at it as... <laughs> they're,
0: they're lo- it's, it's very obvious they're looking at it as another avenue to make more money. And that's all fine, and Andy. Um, gamers... Funnily enough, are voicing their opinion like nobody in gaming wants this, which I think is interesting. Um, considering because, that game,
2: because this is just this is literally gotcha with extra steps. You realize that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing more that we hate is than microtransactions. Let's be honest.
0: But you no, know, the, the, the proof is out there that they still make their money off microtransactions anyway so if people legitimate if the gaming community legitimately wants to do away with microtransactions stop buying that well
2: no so stop no. yes i agree with you but there are two types of microtransactions there are skins which i don't really have an issue with uh uh-huh. and then there're the ones that are like a good example and i can't believe i'm going to use this is cross when they had those microtransactions for those gems that gave you auto-block.
1: That's, that, that's where, second. Huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. Second? yes. I remember that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, I've been playing the game again recently, actually. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the, 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 the game, like, like, that stuff is where it becomes, where it becomes part of, like, game mechanics. That's where my tra- microtransactions run into issues, in a lot of people's opinion. The issue I have with NFTs now is, if I buy a physical disc version of my game, you're telling me, even though I paid the 60 or eventually soon to be 70 to $100, depending on what version you buy, um,
1: you're telling me that a part of the game I don't own. Period yep that bothers me
2: why am i so paying then? why am I paying upwards to close to a hundred bucks and then you just turn around and tell me I don't own it if it's a physical item now I think that's where everyone that that's where everyone's now starting to
1: have the the issue
2: right. Um, And it's just it's just funny to me because like we had the Discord fiasco where Discord kind of hinted at it and everyone started uh canceling their um pardon me. Everyone started canceling their uh nitro and then all of a sudden Discord started handing out free nitros. Like to everyone.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Ah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what's going to speak is whether or not people buy into it. Um, so I'm sure
0: it's something that they'll try, and if it doesn't work out, they just move away from it. Yeah. Or, you know, try, and it winds up being successful, and then you know, you just gotta deal with it.
1: You know? It's just um,
2: it's money. It just sounds like money laundering with extra steps. That's just my thing. Like, it really feels best, like a best, payday three because, heist. But,
1: I mean <laughs> essentially that's what it is now because there's no regulation.
2: Well now there's the no government
1: serious regulation.
0: I mean not based on cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um but it's just it took them
1: fighting tooth and nail against it before they were like, Oh maybe we should work towards trying to figure out a way to embrace this. Um
0: and I think that's what's gonna happen, especially with uh the NFT market in gaming, you know, when it comes to owning exclusive digital art. If but that you makes don't any own sense. the
2: art, you, you, you just own the token that's attached to the art. That, that's the crazy part. Like, a lot of people seem to misunderstand, and this is what I'm worried about these uh, gaming companies, because it really feels like a bunch of people in boardrooms who don't actually understand. It's like, no, we're not even sell- selling anything. I think the only company that would probably understand it is Activision because they're that greedy to actually understand, wait, we could sell people things and not actually sell them anything?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the market is basically payday. stream legal. Yeah. <laughs> <But me.
0: laughs> yeah. oh, man. for me. Are we down for some payday streams at some point?
2: Yeah, I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm down for it, actually. I like
1: payday. Payday a great game. It is great. I'm about to be fired. I see on. um Yeah, interesting. Uh, we segued into like everything. I, I just found that. Yeah. How,
0: how in one conversation, we hit like thirty topics. That was great. We went from talking about game of the year things to NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> At some point do you think an NFT will be a game of the
1: year if it's interactive?
2: Oh God. (laughs) See now this is now see, we're gonna have the the conversation like that we had back in the PS3 era. Do games count as art? And can a piece of art be game of the year? And to that, it yes, it from- yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yes, <laughs> it can. Death Stranding is a great <laughs> example of that. Right? Death Stranding is a Stanley Kubrick game.
1: So well, there's a reason why we do the game of the year for 2019. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm not wrong, though. <laughs> it is a oh, Stanley Kubrick-like game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's 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 interesting. the company that I'm happy has said that we're not doing anything blockchain related is is Valve. Um, because that could get that could get abusive very quickly, especially with how we all make the joke that Valve makes money off of hats. Right.
1: And then now you have NFT,
2: the Steam trading cards, hats and TF2, go to two skins. CSGO box, they are, They have an issue with CSGO boxes and knives and a whole like match fixing scandal. Right? Can, can we not? Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad that Valve is just like, yeah, no, we're not doing with this. <laughs> we deal with this enough.
1: I, I think as
0: regulation for it gets better, it'll probably become more widely accepted. But right now,
2: it's just
1: this It's just a mess. Rather,
2: of- I would rather it not be. I, if the blockchain stuff did something for betterment of humanity sure um it just like the whole back end stuff it you're just crunching numbers for no reason that, that that's the thing you're not even you're not even using all that processing power for the betterment of humanity you, you you're literally burning physical cash for digital money that doesn't exist yet but is going to demand to be exist. oh my god this is 1920s all over again <laughs> this is literally the stock market all over again
1: yep oh my god some games, some more they say the same. like if it was for
2: protein folding cool if it was giving your computer cycles the quantum computing so we could actually figure out an FTL cool no we're just gonna make <laughs> we're, we're just gonna money launder with, with a Batman beyond currency <laughs> so, what was batman beyond's currency they, it was a digital currency called credits remember and oh they my were cred I... cards <laughs> that you tapped or inserted
1: yeah
0: <laughs> now we get digital stocks
2: <laughs> oh my god <sighs> oh my god <Shway. laughs> No. (laughs) (laughs) Shway. We should bring that word back. That's very shway of you. This game feels very shway.
0: Please don't. No. (laughs) I can't deal with y'all.
2: What's funny? You know, talk about the DLC thing, the microtransaction. I was looking at the uh, Forza Horizon 5. How much did Microsoft pay to get that Pokemon skin in the game? I don't know. I wanted, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm going through. It says Pokemon. I'm like, that, that can't, that can't be real. Then it loads up. I'm like, no, that it, that's an actual Nintendo skin. And it has Nintendo seal on it. How did you get yep. that?
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's probably because of partnership stuff.
2: Probably.
1: You know, Nintendo and Microsoft have been very buddy, but so yes, wait, it has to be on the Switch, man. So wait for that. <laughs>
2: I'm waiting for the switch. I it would not surprise me if the reason why the OLED was released is because Microsoft approached Nintendo and said, can we help you develop your set, your next console? That would not surprise me.
1: Or at least the X cloud, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Who knows? The future of gaming is weird.
2: It is. It's weird. It's, it's, it's weird and exciting when like I'm buying a race wheel again, and like peripherals I gave up from x p <laughs> <laughs> like sim racing has come back, flight simulator yeah. has come back x input has is now the standard again. I'm just like, so Microsoft has realized like actually, let's just make everything accessible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh. you like that. Like Anyways, that. that's going to do it
0: for today's episode of the Geek Uh podcast. Mm-hmm. Do stick around after the show. We have RJ and Joel coming on with some more Ace Attorney. So definitely stick around for some glorious, glorious gameplay from our dynamic duo of justice. After the show. Um,
2: I had to say something. I know, because <laughs> there's that. Batman on the screen. <laughs> very shway shway
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you want to keep the conversation going you can do so over in our discord link being put into the chat now if you want to support us we have our merch available at our stream elements shop you can also support us by taking a gander over at our sponsor image anime (laughs) And using our promo code discount20 for 20% off on all in-stock products over at imageanime.com. Uh, that promo code is good until January 1st of 2022. So you guys have
1: just a little under a month and a half to continue to use that code for uh, image ImageAnime. Uh, if you want to take a look at what those items are physically, there is a pop-up shop over at
0: the Waypoint Cafe. Located at 65 Below Street in New York City, Lower East Side. The Wickham Cafe is the home of our Thursday esports and game podcast that you just been listening to. Uh, it's also where Gino and I hang out from time to time, so feel free to say hi if you see us. We're usually there on a few couple of days. You can check out all of our other social media links, handwritten content, and more over at
1: com. Be sure to take a gander over at our YouTube for our teaser trailer of our Upcoming wrestling-themed visual no- novel, Coco No Pro. We will have some information over at the
0: Anime NYC convention that is next week. We have our panel panel link being dropped into the chat. There, stepping into D-ring with Digital Era Entertainment. Matt will be on hand to tell you about all our upcoming updates regarding Coco No Pro, as well as uh, some of the other projects we'll be working on. Little hint in the future of things here at Digital Air Entertainment. That's gonna be it for today's show. Stick around again. RJ and Joe coming up right after this with more great Ace attorney. As always, until next time, you've been
1: decoded.